Well, hi there, friends, and welcome to Scattered People number 14. We're going through the book of Acts together. I'm trying to help you to hear God speak to you in the midst of this coronavirus crisis. I'm trying to help you to make the most of the time that God may have given you to, even if you're working very hard, to at least have some evenings and weekends where your social life is put a little bit on hold and you're able to spend time praying, reflecting, reading the the Bible. And I'm trying to help you with that by posting a daily Scatter People devotion. I won't do it Good Friday or Easter Monday, but I'm doing it every working day. Uh, And uh, I'm going through the book of Acts. Uh, We're in Acts chapter 3 today. And I'm going to try and help you to grasp some of what I believe God is trying to do in this season of your life. Um, I I love Acts chapter 3. I love the story of Peter healing the lame man who's outside the beautiful gate as he's on his way into the temple for uh, one of the great prayer meetings of the early church. Uh, But I, I, I also love the deliberate irony that Luke, who writes the book of Acts, has. Because um, the beggar starts asking Peter for money. Basically, he couldn't work as a lame man and therefore his only chance was to, uh, of survival was to beg. And it says he starts asking Peter for money. And it's really interesting, verse 4, um, it says, Peter looked straight at the lame man, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him attention, expecting to receive some money from him. Look at us. Peter says in Acts chapter 3 verse 4. But then as you read down, if you've got a Bible, follow with me. Uh, When you get to verses 11 and 12, having said, look at us, Peter then says, why are you looking at us? Let me read it to you. This is Acts 3, 11. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. It's where the early church used to meet in the temple courtyards. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why are you staring at us as if by our own power and godliness we made this man walk? No, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. It's what we're celebrating this Easter weekend. And you disowned him before Pilate, though he decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. Good Friday. But God raised him from the dead. Easter Sunday. We are witnesses of this. And it's by faith in the name of Jesus that this man whom you see and know was made strong. It's Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Verse 4, Peter says, look at us. Verse 12, he's, uh, yeah, verse 12, Peter says, why are you looking at us? That, my friends, is the paradox of the Christian life. See, I meet some kind of some Christians who are too full of themselves. They're forever saying, look at us. I meet so many Christians as well who are the other extreme. They're so humble that they never say, look at us. They're all about, why are you looking at us? We've got nothing to offer. And to be honest, I don't think the devil minds which one of those two lies we fall for. It's a bit like a tightrope walker. It doesn't really matter which side you fall off the rope. If you fall off the rope, you're in trouble. 
And the devil doesn't really mind whether we are proud and we're all about look at us, or whether we are more humble than 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 Jesus, and we're saying, "Hey, don't look at us." No, what Peter shows us here is that to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus, is to be very comfortable saying to people, "Look at us, don't look at us," and we need to learn to do both. See, I love what Peter says to the lame man. He doesn't say, "I will pray for your healing." He doesn't say, "I don't know if it's God's will." Do you mind if I go into the prayer meeting? You'll still be here, I'm guessing. At the end of the prayer meeting, you can't go anywhere. You're you're lame and begging, so you'll still be here. No, he is so confident that he can say to him, "What I have, I give to you." See, what Peter grasped from having having followed Jesus around. What he grasped is that all authority in heaven, or all authority on earth, belonged to Adam. That God, who rules the heavens, made the earth and said to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter one, "Rule over the earth." You know the Psalms say, "The heavens belong to God, but the the earth He has entrusted to mankind, to humankind." Peter grasped from being with Jesus that this. Was the case that actually that God had created the world for men and women to represent Him as rulers on the earth? He also grasped that when Adam and Eve sinned, they gave that authority to the devil. He grasped because he followed Jesus for three years. He grasped something of the truth of the devil's half truth. It was a lie, but it was half true. When he said to Jesus in one of the temptations, "The whole world belongs to me. I have authority to rule it and to give it to whoever I want." There is a sense in which Adam and Eve did give authority on earth to the devil when they sinned, to the extent that. That that Jesus can refer to him in John twelve thirty one as the ruler of this world, but Peter also grasped because he followed Jesus around for three years that the reason Jesus had come into the world was to get that authority back for men and women. Matthew nine verse eight. Matthew, one of the twelve disciples, alongside Peter, one of Peter's close friends,、uh, in Matthew nine verse eight. Matthew writes that the crowds were astonished after one of Jesus's healings, not that God had entrusted such authority to a man, but that God had entrusted such authority to men, or literal translation, to humankind. Peter grasped that Jesus had come into the world to get authority back. For human beings like you and me, he was there when when Jesus said at Zacchaeus's house to the crowd, "I am the Son of Man, and I came into the world to seek and save what was lost, what Adam and Eve lost. I came to seek it and to get it back, so that I could give it to people." Why is this so relevant to us at the moment? I believe that part of what God's doing in our hearts in this season. Is weaning us off the things of earth and onto the things of heaven. He's speaking to us through His Word, and He is revealing to us、uh, what He is trying to do in the world through us. We are learning to become intercessors in prayer in this season. We are learning to lay hold of God in the name of Jesus and to ask Him to do things for us in Jesus' name. I am spending so much time at the moment in great prayer gatherings. I'm going to be at one tonight.、Uh, great prayer gatherings of people coming together to pray prayers in the name of Jesus in the belief 
that God has given that authority back to men and women through Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he took into his body the sin which Adam and Eve and every human being since has committed, which has given the devil authority in the world. He, 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 he sucked the snake venom out of the human race's veins, took it into the tomb, so that when he was raised from the dead, he was able to step out of the tomb as the, the, the beginning of a new human race into which we are saved if we put our faith in him. In other words, we are now representatives of God on earth. Where you set your feet, God goes with you. Even if you're in quarantine, seclusion, and you can't get out of your house right now, you can't set your feet various places, that's okay. Because in the Old Testament prophets, they are forever saying things like, speak to the north, speak to the south, speak to the east, speak to the west. They, they, they basically say you don't have to go there. You can speak to those places and command things to take place in the name of Jesus. I, I've got a friend, one of my neighbours, who's contracted the coronavirus. One of my friends from church, part of our leadership team, has contracted the coronavirus. And I'm praying for them. I want to pick up the phone and I want to speak to them over the phone and command this sickness to go in the name of Jesus. I want to learn the lesson of Peter. That as I begin to think less of the things of earth, as I begin to lose the things around me, and I begin to think more of the things of heaven, and as I begin to study scripture and get on my knees and spend time with Jesus, I'm coming to a place where I need to be okay with the fact that I can say to people, look at me. Why are you looking at me? I've got the answer. I haven't got the answer. We need to learn to say both. I cannot heal anyone. But praise be to Jesus Christ. Through his work, he has won back what was lost. And I can say to people, what I now have, I give to you. Look at me. Don't look at me. Look at him. But look at me. Because I'm his ambassador coming to you with the power of heaven to meet your need. Let's do this today. Let's enjoy this together. Let's live in the good of this. Have a wonderful Easter weekend. May God bless you. Let's keep commenting to one another on social media. Hashtag scattered people. Let's keep talking and encouraging one another in this. Let's keep reaching out to those around us and saying to them, what I have, I give you. Let's keep saying to people over the next few days, look at me. Don't look at me. See what I've got to you from Jesus and recognize it's not from me, it's from Jesus. I believe God is teaching us a new authority in prayer and in, and, and in ministry in this season. Let's live in the good of it in the name of Jesus. Have a wonderful Easter weekend. I'll see you on uh, the Tuesday after Easter for our next Scattered People message. May God bless you. I'll see you very soon.